0: mm <laughs> Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. So we typically talk to girls and women. That is sort of our main demographic, but we're really trying to open our conversation to younger generation and specifically to teens. And I am very happy to meet you. So one of the things that we talk about here on this show is about how complicated the healthcare industry and healthcare spaces. And we talk about how the technology that we use and how people interact with it. I'll just leave that as the premise. I'd like to give you a minute to introduce yourself and who you are and what you do.
1: So my name is Gael. I am the founder and host of Teenager Therapy, which is the largest teen mental health podcast in the world. We describe it as a coming of age story told in real time. So it's a culmination of mistakes and growth. And most importantly, it's a reminder to our audience that they're not alone. I'm also the founder of Astro Studios, which is a new startup that I'm working on. And it's a podcast network that hopes to produce shows all around young people and for young people. Because as you know, in the podcasting space, there's an incredible lack of content for that demographic.
0: Okay. So how did you get started on this?
1: So I, my journey starts at 14 years old. I'm 19 now, by the way. So it was four years ago that I started teenager therapy. And I remember it was actually summer after my freshman year. And I wanted to go to the pool. And so I went I didn't want to listen to music. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of bored of music. What else is there on Spotify? And I remember looking at a category that said podcast. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. I don't know what a podcast is. I had never heard of one. So I click on it. And I see a bunch of shows and kind of interesting cover art and like cool titles. I'm like, whoa, this is kind of interesting. Like it, it, it kind of felt like when you go into a bookstore and there's so many different books and you're like, whoa, I don't know which ones to read. I feel like I could learn so much. That's how I felt. So I thought it was really interesting. And eventually I found one called Couples Therapy, hence our own name, by Candace and Casey Neistat. And if you know, Casey Neistat is a huge YouTuber. I love all his videos. And I remember being like, okay, well, I like Casey Neistat. I like his videos. Let me listen to his podcast. And unsurprisingly, I really liked it. And all it was, was Casey Neistat and his wife just talking about the issues that they go through. Literally just like, as the name suggests, couples therapy, they would be like, why didn't you bring the kids home? That was so selfish. Like, then why did you run off? And I was like, whoa, I, I relate to this in my own you know, relationship at the time. I was like, that is so me and you. And I would send it to my boyfriend and be like, oh, look, this is just like us. And then I was like, how silly is it that I am like relating to these, this married couple? Like ultimately, we're all going through the same issues no matter what age you are. And I thought, well, if it feels this nice and comforting to listen to someone much older than me talk about these issues, how would it feel like if it was someone the same age as me? And I could hear other teens just going through these issues. And so that's when it hit me like, you know what? I think I want to start a podcast where it's just me and my friends talking about the issues that we go through in life. And hopefully like other teens will hear it and be like, wow, like, yes, I agree with this. I don't agree with this. And so that's how Teenage Therapy came to be.
0: Okay, but that's no small undertaking. So did you just like, where did you record it? And how did you get it out to the public?
1: Essentially, I asked my friends, hey, I have a podcast. Do you want to be on it? And they had no clue what a podcast was either. And I think they thought it was just like a small school project that they were going to be part of for like two, three weeks. And I asked them, hey, come on the podcast. Thankfully, they all said yes. I'm like, okay, cool. So let's record a podcast. And I was like, okay, like I think a podcast is just us talking. So I remember we all went to like my co-host's room. We put a camera down in the middle that had a microphone. And then we just all like sat around it. Like if we like worship this camera and we talked into it. And we're like, all right, guys, let's three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sinatra Therapy. I'm Gail. And then we all say our names are like, and so, you know, and then we're like, now what do we talk about? So we're like, we just started talking about our issues, like, oh, I have this friend that's really annoying, you know, da, 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 da. whatever it might be. Very simple. And posted the first episode. Actually re-recorded it because the first one was bad and then we did it again. And we're like, okay, this one's good. And I'm... For context, I like saying this because I don't want people to think it was like some magical luck or it's like easy to do. I very much had been thinking about the marketing behind it. And I was actually a pretty like social media savvy kid who like, since 13, I was building accounts that had 40,000 followers, 100,000 followers and monetizing those audiences and knowing how to use Instagram and social media to leverage whatever project you're working on. And so by the time I started this podcast, I was like, okay, I, have a, I had an account with 100,000 followers and another one with 35,000 followers. And I ex- essentially, when the first episode came out, I made sure to advertise on my own account to be like, hey guys, I just posted, like, I just made a new podcast, go listen to it. And then I also had a bunch of Instagram accounts that were just like memes and stuff. I I asked them, hey, if you like the podcast, will you post about it on your story? They were like, yeah, I love the concept, I'll do it. And so, right after we released the first episode and and figuring out how to upload it through Anchor and, you know, recording and editing, we uploaded the first episode and it got like, you know, a couple thousand plays overnight.
0: How many. Have you recorded now?
1: Yeah, my friends thought they were going to sign up for like a two-week thing, a couple of weeks, but it's been four years and 213 episodes. And is
0: it the same group that still talks?
1: It's actually now down to three. So one of them went off to college about a year ago. He moved to Berkeley for to go to UC Berkeley and another one actually just like wanted to focus on school. So he just left. And so now it's me and two of my friends.
0: And so is the topics, are the topics still the same where you just talk about like issues that are you're yeah, facing on a day-to-day
1: basis? Yeah, the podcast is great because we never run out of content. As long as we have issues, we'll have like episodes to go on. And so, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, when we're in high school, we're dealing with high school issues. I'm like, oh, college applications. But now we're way past that. And so now we're talking about college issues and parties and sex and then drugs and clubs and, you know, all the all these issues that like grow up and mental health and moving out, rent, jobs. So it's interesting because it's kind of cool that you kind of grow up and the the issues that are important to you change.
0: Well, okay. So would you say that you guys are providing therapy to each other? Is that sort of the
1: concept? Oh my gosh, yes. Sometimes I tell my friends, I think we like trauma bonded. I think that's like, we have a very special kind of friendship because for the last four years, we literally talked to each other about our issues as a group and then talked to them, through them as a group. There were times where, you know, don't get me wrong. It's hard keeping four, five, you know, a five group of teens that met when they were 15, together and bonded for four years because you know you grow apart, you grow into different people. And that has certainly happened. There's been a lot of moments on the podcast where we've had conflicts. There's episodes where we like, end the episode fighting and like, okay, we got to go. We got to cut the cameras because it got so bad. Really? We touched on issues between each other that we weren't ready to talk about yet. So the podcast is very, you know very, very real. And it gets uncomfortably authentic and vulnerable at times. You'll see us crying on the podcast, fighting with each other on the podcast. And so throughout it all, It's interesting because the fact that we're still friends and we're still like kept at it just forced us to persevere through instances where other teams might have been like, you know what? Let's not be friends anymore. I'm gonna find new ones. But we kept through it and figured it out. And now I feel like our bond is stronger because of that.
0: Okay. Can I ask you a question? Do you guys, do you or any of your other friends or podcast hosts go to therapy?
1: So it's funny because I'm in a podcast with my ex my first boyfriend in like middle high school. And so he's on the podcast and he went to therapy first and he actually went to therapy because his mental health was really bad. And then on the podcast, you could actually see him being like, I don't think I'll like therapy. I don't like it. And then, you know, his mental health really declines. Kind of like I'm like in a really bad spot. But then he's like, hey, I started going to therapy. And now in the recent episodes, you're like, yeah, my mental health is in a much better spot. So you could see the progression. And so he went to therapy. And then I, you know, I'm on my sixth week of therapy. Congratulations. I started like a month ago. Thank you. I've always wanted to go, but obviously like therapy is super inaccessible. So I didn't even know where to start. But I finally figured it out. And now I'm here and I'm like, I love it. And so How it's, did it's you fun. figure it out? Actually, the biggest part was just like, do I need insurance? Do I not need insurance? How does insurance work? Like, what is this card I have? Big when questions. do I use it? Yeah. yeah. And like, why is it? Why do some therapists want to charge me 240 per session and some only want to charge me $20? So I figured it out by realizing like, it's actually pretty simple. You just message a therapist that has an affordable rate, and you basically just pay for it.
0: Well, so did you find one that was within your insurance network? Did you? I
1: actually ended up finding one that was uh, at a network, but had a sliding scale. So I actually don't pay that much for a therapy session. Okay,
0: and I know that there's different technologies. I'm curious just to know if it's something that has that you've thought about of like, oh, the text should you be able to like text your therapist? Is right. that something yeah. that you Online care therapy about? Therapy
1: and such. Yeah. Uh, so I. I don't know if I'm a big fan of online therapy. Yeah. You know, I I think I tried it once or twice and I I didn't feel too good about cuz I I mean, it works for some people. Some people definitely do prefer like I don't want to be in the same room. I want to kind of shut my eyes and just talk or text, but I like being in the same room. I yeah. like being in the physically present and so I'm not the biggest fan of it. I know it works for some people. I prefer physical therapy. It's
0: nice sure. to be able to have options. But like yeah. so it sounds like you have technology experience, one in marketing and social media, and from a young age. Like yeah. first of all, when you're saying you have accounts that have 130 from several accounts that have that many following mm-hmm. followers, how do you do that?
1: Uh, so, you know, like that
0: you're saying, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But yeah. to be honest, I'm like, so many people want to be able to do what you've already done.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think sometimes I tend to undermine my achievements and be like. You know, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. Like these people are way more qualified. And I'm like, wait, I've literally like have done the job that some people are hired for right. after four years of college to do. And, you know, very successfully. And I, I think what happened is when I was 13, I had a really strong urge to help my mom financially. I really like I had, you know, I was a kid, but I was like, I feel useless. Why am I only playing video games all day? I want to do something. I want to like help. And because of that, I started researching ways to make money online and started reading a bunch, watching videos. And then I just started experimenting. I was like, let me start an online shop. And then I I started an online shop selling clothing online. And I was like, okay, well... well, Where did the
0: clothing come from?
1: It was, you know, basically it was just have a manufacturer, have them make copies, store it in their warehouse, and then ship it somewhere. And then for the social media, I really just figured out like... I think I was just naturally good at figuring out how to get people's attention, how to create content that sticks with people. I think my brain works in a way that like I just... Connect with people. It sounds like because like I, you know, I started multiple accounts and made content for it and just kind of grew them to, to different lengths.
0: And are each one? Do they have each have a different theme?
1: Yeah. So the account that I grew to thirty five thousand followers, that was the first account because I realized I started the shop, opened it up, zero sales, and I was like, I need marketing. I don't have any money for ads, so I need to make my own audience. I was like, okay, well now I have to go back to the drawing board, make my own audience. So at 13, I was like, I'm going to make a 21 Pilots fan account, which is a band. So I made a fan account for my favorite band and started posting memes about it, started posting pictures about it. And, you know, it started getting a lot of likes. I was like, okay, good. I grew it to 35,000 followers. Now I need to take this audience and then make a new Instagram for my clothing shop and grow that one. So then I did that. And then on this new one, it was for my clothing shop and my clothing store. And I leveraged that audience to get that initial boost. And once you get that initial boost, the algorithm kind of like picks up. And I started creating content for that Instagram too. And then, you know, it grew up to 100,000 followers and it like was pretty successful. And so that's what I've been doing.
0: What in the content that you're creating? Is it videos? Are you making those memes? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, at the time I was making those memes and it was just text posts. Super simple. I mean, each meme took me like a couple minutes, two, three minutes to make. And I would just post a bunch of them and they would get, you know, thousands of likes.
0: Okay. And how does somebody make a meme?
1: That's what I mean. You just have to be good at like social cues, that humor. You just have to know like what people like, what resonates. It was a lot of, I think a lot of it is just learning, like scrolling, seeing what hits and like studying why it's working. And you know, testing out different types of content and having a hypothesis for it. Like, you know, is this going to work because of this or this or this? So- but do you put
0: that much thought into every single post?
1: At the time, it was kind of like a formula. At first you do, but I'm always experimenting. What could work better? What could do better? If Do I want to make the meme look more polished or more like raw and messy and sometimes i figured out like the messier and like less professional it looks the better it performs.
0: Okay, so tell me about analytics. How do you like where do you go for that?
1: So, Instagram has its own analytics page it really does. It has its own analytics page and, you know, there's this story of when i was starting the podcast and i was advertising it and there was an account that had 15,000 followers, but they would get a lot of likes. They would get like 10,000 likes, 20,000 likes per post even though they only had 15,000 followers. I was like, this is a really good account. And so I asked them, hey, like, do you guys charge for a promo? You know, for a paid post. And I made a text post that was just white, a white square with text like Teenage Therapy is a coming of age story. It's like a podcast. Listen now on Spotify and then our cover art. And then I said, hey, can you post this? They're like, sure. It'll be $15. So I gave them $15. I sent them the post. They posted it. Got 2 million impressions. Wow. 2 million impressions, hundreds of thousands of likes, hundreds of thousands of saves. And that like That's when I realized like the algorithm and just posting it and like looking at the analytics helps a lot when you're making these decisions.
0: I have a question about like your intention. Is your intention to try to help people or is like, how do you feel about sharing your intimate conversations with your friends? Is it something that's for you or is it for some the audience?
1: It's mostly for me. It's mostly for me. I do love helping people, but I think more than anything, I love having... Honestly, it's something that I still like wondering now more than ever because after doing it for four years, it's like, I think for the first three years, I was just like putting it out there and being like, I just didn't process the fact people actually listen to it. I thought I was just putting it into a void. But then my friends were like, oh my God, I'm so scared because there's so many people listening. And I'm like, oh shoot, I guess you're right. And recently I've just been like asking myself questions. Like, you know, maybe, maybe there's a part of me that, that likes, it's almost like, if you put it on the internet, a part of you will live on forever. So it's almost like forever. It's like proving that you were real in a way, that you existed. Your existence is validated through the internet. And because my personality, personality, my life is out there, it's almost like there will be a small part of the internet that I own. And that will like forever be my little bubble that I sort of exist digitally. But in.
0: it's also a memorabilia of a certain age. Exactly. You're like that age is so fleeting, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you don't feel it yet, but it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it is. I love that. I mean, for one, like I think I love teenage therapy and it brings so much fulfillment because one, I love capturing memories. And the fact that I've been able to capture four years of my life is Along my four friends through video and audio is so special. I think I will. I'm gonna be so happy I did that when I'm older. Two, I love. I get so much satisfaction from knowing it's helping someone. That just me sharing my story makes people feel good and feel, you know, less alone. And three, I think it's just like a validator for me that, like, you know, I exist on the internet. If I ever disappear, there will always be like my life stored somewhere and
0: legacy. And and legacy. Yeah.
1: To me, I guess it's a little scary to think about the fact that you know, a lot of people like our life is only truly known by us and ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I just get pleasure in sharing everything, like, you know, sharing it with the world, who I am, what I've experienced.
0: That's incredible. How do you feel being here?
1: (sighs) This has been an interesting conference. I've spoken at, you know, very many conferences. And this one was the one where I was really like, out of my field. I've gone to podcast conferences. I've gone to general ones where it's a bunch of ideas. But this one is just like all healthcare and I am not in healthcare at all. So it's all like all these healthcare professionals, founders, doctors, and I'm just here like, I host the podcast. So it's been intimidating, but it's fun. I mean, you you get to meet so many cool people that are working on interesting problems and there's a surprising amount of overlap. Although my big criticism is I do wish there was more health companies focused on teen care. Yeah. And
0: what would that look like for you? How would you feel cared for?
1: Well, first of all, like, I think a big part of it, well, it's a complicated question because I mean, if they haven't figured it out, I probably haven't either.
0: No, but you're a teenager and you're just like, what do you wish? What what kind of attention would you want? Okay, let's ignore the legal issues. Yeah, of course.
1: The legalities that come with actually making this a reality. I would love for me to just have like a way to figure out, like go on an app and search for a primary care doctor and sign up, make an appointment without needing to worry about like, oh, but do you have insurance? Do you not? And there's a way that it's all just super streamlined. One app, where you could find your primary care doctor, a physician, psychiatrist, therapist, whatever you might need. It's almost like a browser without having to go to different councils. Do I call this number? Do I call them on Google, on their website, on the app? Just one app where as a teen, you could do it.
0: We do have a disparate system. So like people have like, oh, I'm associated with this health plan or this hospital Mm -hmm. or, you know, or I live in different states, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you may actually experience different healthcare in so many different settings. So do you go to the doctor on a regular basis? I
1: don't. I've actually, like for the last two months, I've been trying to, ever since, you know, I got kicked out by my pediatrician when I was like 17, I've been trying to figure 18. I've been trying to figure out like how to access my primary care doctor. And I've been trying to make an appointment with a new doctor, but then they're like, wait, but your insurance says you're still with someone. So I'm like, who am I with? Who is my doctor? Now I got to call my insurance. And so it's a long process. I Do mean, you that have show. any
0: idea what you'd be looking for in a doctor? No. No.
1: Just some... I mean, right now, I'm looking for a psychiatrist. Okay. So what is a primary care doctor involved? I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, can I transition to... Okay. Outside of healthcare yeah. and outside of like your personal health, yeah. I'm thinking, what about your future? Like as far as you have so much experience and professional experience, even though it might not feel like it for you, like to your point earlier, what do you want to do?
1: I honestly, first, idealistically, you know, a dream life. Let's say I just get super rich by 23 and then I just spend the rest of my life learning and going to college and just learning new skills. But more realistically, I think I just want to be able to do whatever project that comes to my mind without worrying about funding, without worrying about rent, food and just being like, you know, if I want to start a podcast network to make content for young people, I want to do that for five, 10 years without having to worry about anything else. In the future, who knows what I might want? I might want to work on an app. I might want to just you know, switch into a different field. But for now, I know what I want to do is create podcasts for young people. I want to create audio content. I love speaking. I love spoken word. I love storytelling. And the way that I manifest that into reality is through audio. And I have fallen in love with it. And I, and I get so much pleasure out of telling stories and having people tell me their stories and sharing it with the world.
0: Would you be willing to share your story for organizations who are looking for a voice like yours to help inform the technology and solutions that they're providing to a bigger population? Because I'm yeah. sure they would love to hear it.
1: Yeah, I would love that. I would love <laughs> to do that.
0: <laughs> You've graduated, right? Are you? Yeah. So, are I you have. in? Are you in your university?
1: No. So, I when I graduated, it was funny enough. The only university that accepted me was UC Berkeley, and it was literally the one that was the farthest away from home. Okay. Eight hours away, and I was where like, are you from? Uh, OC. Okay. So, oh, me
0: too. Yeah.
1: At where? Anaheim. At Santa Ana. Oh my gosh, we're so close. Hi. <laughs> so I couldn't actually go. Because it was too far and I wanted to keep working on the podcast. And I was like, do I go to college, lose the momentum and then try to rebuild it? Or do I just keep building on the momentum? So I decided to just keep sticking with what's working.
0: Well, and I'm sure that they would allow you a a year, a gap year or... Two even
1: if you wanted, yeah, maybe I should have thought about that. <laughs> but also, it's like, okay, I'm we'll gonna go to UC Berkeley and get like a marketing degree. And it's like, what am I really, you know, it's yeah. be like, marketing is when you tell stories. And through. you're
0: like, I'm already doing oh it. God, is I'm it better already. to have the experience or, or the, the
1: education? The yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, it's nice because I think a lot of companies now are like increasingly like being like, you know what, as long as you have the experience that you know what you're doing, absolutely n- no college degree necessary. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, good for you. And thank you for coming on this show. Thank Thank you you for sharing your story. And I really, really feel strongly about like learning from more people that are your age. Thank you so much. You're my first. Well, technically you're my second, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you. I appreciate you having me. Oh.
0: For our listeners, if they want to listen to your podcast or if they want to follow you online, please, uh, so where would you direct
1: them? On Instagram, G A E L A I T O R, or search up at Teenager Therapy on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere.
0: Fantastic! All right, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle Hit Like a Girl Pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.